With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Savage College Football Podcast. Kale Wilson. You will respect my authority. Coach Eric Wilson. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. Go! Welcome to the Savage College Football Podcast. As always, I am Savage College Football along with Savage. Coach Eric Wilson. Coming at you hot, baby. Speaking of uh, hot, let's talk about some uh, heated opinions that have gone on in the country. Oh, I saw what you did there. So, nice play moving on, on words. Moving on to the <laughs> college football playoff selections. That's what we're going to start with today. Wow, right out of the gate, we're going there. Yes, we are. So, in case you did not watch the show, these were the selections. So, the committee decided that they will be putting Alabama at number one, Clemson at number two. Not a big shock. Ohio State at number three, and Notre Dame at number four. Now, I just like with... I want to start off with this and say that this college football playoff committee is an absolute joke. Yes. They are terrible at their job. <laughs> okay, continue they, on. Here's a few facts. Okay, so Notre Dame, they had, they, I honestly believe that they had a, I honestly believe that Notre Dame had a better resume to get into the playoff than Ohio State. No, they didn't win their conference title game, but at least Notre Dame played half-decent teams most of the year, and they dominated some of their games. Ohio State did not dominate any of the games that they played, and Ohio State only played two games with a, when, with a team that had a winning record. Yeah, that's to me that's the biggest thing, is when you look at Ohio State's schedule... The only reason Ohio State's in this thing is because they're Ohio State. Oh, yeah. They were ranked preseason. They, Like you said, they've only had two wins against a winning team the entire year. Uh, they were extremely underwhelming in their victory against Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship game. Their the only reason in there dead. is because they're Ohio State. That's the only. I don't think they're anywhere close to the level of football being played by Clemson or Alabama. And, and arguably, I don't think they're as good as Notre Dame. That you make a compelling argument there. And that, did you did you hear did you hear what um did you hear what Ryan Day said in the locker room this week about like after their game against Northwestern? No. Oh yeah, yeah. He said that he would put them up against any football team in the country. Oh no no no. He said. He was basically saying, uh, in a non-vulgar term, 
He said, put us up against Clemson, put us up against Notre Dame, put us up against Alabama. We're going to kick their butts. Well, did you see what Davo Sweeney said? Davo Sweeney <clears throat> put Ohio State at number 11 in the coaches' poll. The eight, Not uh, even the top 10, which the I football. kind of agree with. I think you could argue that that's, <clears throat> that that's the situation. He's like, I don't know. I just Ohio State, to me, is a legacy play right now. They're not a great football team. They and you don't know look great funny? on the hoof. Ohio State fans still think that, you know, this is their year. They, I've seen so much stuff about how they're going to get their revenge game against Clemson. Ohio State fans, wake up. Y'all are not nearly as good as you were last year. You weren't able to beat Clemson last year with the weapons that you had. So what makes you all of a sudden think that you're going to somehow defeat Clemson with all of their weapons when you have hardly any. And uh, and when you watch the way Ohio State's playing at the, on offense right now. It's atrocious. Uh, Justin Fields doesn't look exceptionally impressive at the quarterback position. He no. made a lot of bad decisions uh, against Northwestern How many on interceptions Saturday. did he throw? Like three? Pretty sure he threw three. I know I, he threw at least two. I was going to say, I know he threw at least two. Um, I don't know exactly how many he threw, but I know that he threw two. He looked... I mean, he, he looked kind of shaken by what uh, Northwestern was doing to them on offense. Northwestern he, defensively played really good. He didn't look anything like Trevor Lawrence. No. Or Mac Jones. Mac Jones or any of the elite I honestly level think Ian Book would have played a lot better in that game. Yeah, I just he is, he is not, at least to me, hasn't played the way that people are expecting him to play this season. What's, do you know what the line is? I do not happen to know what the line is. <clears throat> Hold on, let me check. Clemson versus Ohio State, Vegas. So the t- it says Clemson opened at six and a half points. I think that will go up. Only six and a half? That's what it opened up at, yeah. <clears throat> I was shocked. I'm shocked by that, honestly. So, anyways. But everyone wanted to talk about Notre Dame getting in. So, what do you think about that? That was like... So, here was... No, there, no one really... I mean, I, I think as this got talked about more and more, people more and more talked about Ohio State. But in the beginning, it was all about... We couldn't... People were complaining about Notre Dame getting in. Well, I didn't, think, no, I, didn't th- I didn't think Notre Dame should have gotten in either. But I thought that they had a better resume of getting in than Ohio State. So, who should have got... So, in your opinion... Ohio State gets left out and A&M gets in, gets in as number four. Is that how you would have done it? Yes. What do you say to contrast the people who say, well, if you look at A&M, you know, they're, they're only, uh, the only real test they had was against an Alabama team. That only they, real that test they that they had? That they weren't competitive. Real test? Did you not see them beat Florida? <laughs> Yeah, but Florida just lost it lost to LSU two weeks ago. So I think that Okay that, I think I, honestly hold I think on, Florida, hold on, hold on, hold on. Florida's I think we all know around. we all know that if Marco Wilson did not decide to try to show off his quarterback skills by throwing a shoe, that Florida would probably be in the playoff this right now, seeing how they played against Bama. That's just that's just a fact. So the question is, did the playoff committee how much Weight does the playoff committee put on the Florida loss and how that impacts Texas A&M? I, honestly, one I don't think even if Florida had won 
and A&M was sitting there with the same record against a Florida team that was 9-1. and one. At that point, I think Florida is the team that has a better chance of getting in than A&M. So if, let's say Florida doesn't lose to LSU, and then they're as competitive as they were against Alabama in the SEC championship. And barely lost. Just do Notre Dame and Ohio State still get in, or does Florida bump one of those teams? Florida bumps one of those teams for sure. I think so, too. I think they still put Ohio State in, which is a travesty, and I think Notre Dame doesn't get in and Florida takes the four spot. See, here's... I don't think Notre Dame or Ohio State should be in it right now, but at least with Notre Dame, you had an undefeated season and you played a decent amount of games. Ohio State's only played six, if you include their conference title game. They shouldn't have even played their conference title game, but of course, you know... Um, the Big Ten has decided that we will uh, now lower the requirement for getting into the Big Ten title game. So, well, the Big Ten because, lowers their requirement of, for everything. They also just lowered their requirement for, for, COVID, for, quarantine. for COVID to 17 so days. So Chris so the, Olave so can come could, back. Yeah, so Olave could get back and they could have more guys eligible. For, I mean, the Big Ten is a joke in terms of their, this, their performance this season, in terms of the way they've handled this. The beginning, oh, we're we're gonna play a week later. We're not gonna play. Uh, you know, we would never put our players on the field and risk their illness. And then when everybody else starts playing, oh, now we're gonna play again. Uh, but you have to have this many wins to get into the conference championship. Oh, Ohio State didn't have this many games. Well, we're gonna make an exception. I can't believe I'm saying this because you know that I do not like Clemson. But I hope they beat the ever living crap out of Ohio State. Oh, trust me. I am like all over Clemson in this game. I want Ohio State to get embarrassed because they have no business being in this football. No, they don't. No business whatsoever. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, you're kind of already there, right? Let's talk about the matchup. Alabama versus Notre Dame. Alabama comes into this favored as (laughs) with a 20 and a half point favorite. That, that just shows, okay, if you didn't watch the ACC title game this past weekend, Notre Dame was completely shut down. So a, a lot of people, um, have I've heard this conversation go back and forth, and why was Notre Dame able to beat Clemson a few weeks ago, but then they couldn't even really be competitive against them on Saturday? Well, that's easy. Because when they played Clemson first time, Notre Dame was able to run the ball easily. This past weekend, not so much. Kyron Williams cannot do anything. I think that the biggest thing to piggyback off of that is that when you look at Notre Dame, they're in, they don't have a big play wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at Alabama, they've got players all over the field. They've got a Devontae Smith. Um, but Notre Dame doesn't have that. So the difference between what Clemson did this time and last time was they're literally on first and second down. Their safeties were sitting there at six, seven yards. Essentially, they were playing with nine in the box. And they said, okay, Notre Dame, we're not going to let you run the football on us at all. Let's see if you can beat us deep. Right? We know we can cover those tight ends underneath with what we're doing right now. The only way you really can threaten us is to take us vertical. And Notre Dame doesn't have anybody to do that. I think they may have had maybe one or two passes that were over 20 yards the entire game. Alabama's going to replicate that. They're not going to do anything different. They're going to do the exact same thing. Well, here's the thing, though. Alabama's defense is not very good. They can score. They can definitely outscore Notre Dame. They will definitely be able to do that with no problem. But I do believe they will give up points. Well, let me counter that. Because that is there is a 
the first three games of this year, Alabama's defense was giving up 30-plus points. The games since then, they're averaging 11 points going into the Florida game. That went up a little bit because of Florida. But their defense has definitely gotten things back on track in the last uh, six <clears throat> games of the season. Well, I cannot wait for Alabama-Clemson Part 5 in the national title game. So do you think Alabama uh what's the do you think Alabama covers? Oh, for sure. I think okay. I think they put I think they cover and have more. Of All right, so what about so let's look, talk about Clemson. Clemson's going to run Ohio State. Clemson's going to run Ohio State off the field. So right now it's a six and a half point game. My prediction is that by the time they play the game, it's going to be at least ten and a half. And I I think that Clemson will beat Ohio State by two touchdowns. I hope they beat them by more. I hope they beat them by more too. But um, other in other bowl news, as we're recording this, the Dirty Myrtle Bowl is going on. The yes, Beach bowl. Uh, as of right now, App State currently leads North Texas forty-two to twenty-one. You know, North Texas has been struggling offensively, and I kind of expected this because they lost best receiver Jalen Darden, who was who is um, actually a finalist for the what, – what do you call the best receiver? What do you the call The Bletnikoff Award. Yes, he is actually in the running for that right now, but he decided um, he was going to declare for the draft, so he is not playing this game. But So I expected North Texas to struggle offensively, and it's exactly what happened. And, they, and App State's offense is just too talented. And, and there, as we speak, App State scores another touchdown – <laughs> so they now lead forty nine to twenty one early in the fourth. So but so F State's probably gonna come out on top on this one. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, yeah, so the other two bowl games that are in. Um, you know, that are the big dogs are the Orange Bowl, and that's Texas A&M against North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, uh, I think these are all on New Year's Day, right? Yes. Uh, the Fiesta Bowl is Oregon versus Ohio- uh, Iowa State. What about the Peach Bowl, Georgia and Cincinnati? Uh, that, honestly, that bowl game is probably the most interesting game prior to the national championship. Because... To me, because it, it puts a real real group of five team that and puts them up against a solid solid sec team uh with a quarterback who's really in jt daniels who's like i think his i think if jt daniels had been healthy and playing for georgia the whole season georgia would be in this conversation i couldn't agree more with you if you watched the selection show last night at the beginning kirk kirk herbstreet said he was talking about how two teams uh that you don't want to play right now and one of those teams was Georgia because they are looking on fire. I mean, they're able to run the ball efficiently. They were able to pass the ball efficiently. I mean, when they played Missouri, you know, Missouri's Missouri's not a bad team, and they were ranked Missouri at the time, and they defeated Missouri what forty eight fourteen. I mean, they had 
I think they were trying to make a statement. And I think they did. So if JT Daniels stays healthy, and if Kirby Smart is able to make a smart quarterback decision, unlike what he's done the past three years with not letting Justin Fields start and him transferring, and then you've got JT Daniels not letting him start and starting 5'8", Stetson Bennett the fourth, who can't complete a pass. My favorite. (laughs) So... I mean, here's the thing. Kirby Smart can get it done in the recruiting process, but he he can't make a good quarterback decision. And ultimately, that's what defines your season. That's one of the big factors in defining your season. Well, I kept everything I heard was that Daniel's injury was just kept him off the field, that he wasn't really ready to play. I did hear that, but first, but then why'd they have him dressed out as like a last resort? I don't know. Maybe just so that he was involved in the game and picking up signals and. You know, learning on the sideline. Uh, it was his first year there, so I mean, there's, um, you know, a lot of different reasons. What do you think about uh, the A and M North Carolina game? I think that's an interesting. Football it game. is. Both of these teams have a very high-powered offense, especially on the running back side, because you know, with North Carolina, you've got Javante Williams, and then with Texas A and M, you've got Isaiah Spiller who are both very fast and quick running backs that can... In North Carolina... If they, if they have a crease, they're gone. The only defense that North Carolina has seen, like A&M's defense, is Clemson. That's the only time they faced a really good defense this year and didn't fare very they, well. They faced Clemson this season? Didn't they? No, they didn't. I thought they, they did. They faced them last year. I okay. don't think they did, unless I'm just not remembering something. Well, you could be right. Um. Let's see other bowl games: Oregon versus Iowa State, uh, Ole Miss, Indiana, in the Outback Bowl, North Carolina State plays Kentucky in the Gator Bowl, uh, Auburn Northwestern in the, in the Verbo Citrus Bowl. We talked about the Peach Bowl. Um, how? How about South Carolina making a bowl game? That was what I was laughing about. How about the University of South Carolina? You know, I'm actually kind of interested in that game, though, because this is the first game. This is going to be the first game Shane Beamer is coaching. In the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Bowl. How about that? UAB's favored by six. Are they really? I think. By six or three. I forgot how much they're favored by. But yes, UAB is favored in this game. Huh. Is Shane Beamer coaching this bowl? Yes, he is. Why did I hear that? I thought I heard that he wasn't. I could be wrong. Hmm. Anywho. Yep. And how about this? So obviously Shane Beamer said he was going to stay at Oklahoma until after the conference title game was played. Oklahoma defeated Iowa State in the Big 12 title game, so now they're the Big 12 champs. And let's just let's run by a few things that uh, Beamer's done while he was in Norman. Okay. So he was already getting ahead on the SC job. He said once Oklahoma finishes practices in the mornings and meetings in the afternoon, he gets a lot of work done for South Carolina. He's been given advice 
to take his time with hiring a staff. He's been putting a staff together in his mind for a long time. But the tricky thing is he was hired last he was hired, what, about a week or two ago? And there's a lot of coaches who are still coaching, and he's trying to be respectful, but he feels good where they are. Beamer is currently working on a 2021 class and installing them with recruits, talked with families of committed players and non-committed players, and he's happy with where they are. He just needs guys to trust the process. And recruiting begins in-state, and he wants guys who are proud to play for South Carolina and guys who are proud to be a Gamecock. And he was asked if expectations have risen since he was last at USC from 2007 to 2010. And he responded with, tell me why South Carolina can't have these expectations because I don't see any reason why not. Hey, I think the the mentality that he's bringing in. I like the mentality. You can tell that he's really taking this job seriously. I mean, he wants to be here. This was the, he said for the, this has been his dream job for 10 years. Yep. So it's not just like, hey, I want a head coaching job and this is a good one to take. It's He's been, I want to be the head coach at the University of South Carolina. I think that goes a long way when he's in there recruiting guys. I think that makes fans happy too because now they're thinking, okay, we've got a guy that's just not in it for the money. He wants to be here and only here. I agree with you. Very much so. And when you look at what he's, you know, the, the difficult situation for him is is the recruiting deal, right? He gets hired two weeks before the, um, you know, the mid-year recruiting deadline, which was December 20th. Um, three of South Carolina's top recruits had decommitted uh, in the last four weeks prior to this. So he's got a lot of work to do. The upside to that is that a lot of these guys at South Carolina has been recruiting, he's been recruiting at Oklahoma. Um he has probably got better relationships with some guys from Oklahoma who, you know, maybe Oklahoma didn't take just because they're such a high-level program or maybe they're number two on Oklahoma's board, but South Carolina could really use somebody like that. And then when you look at the transfer portal deal this year, they're basically giving everybody or, they're you know, they haven't formally approved it yet, but everyone pretty much knows they're going to approve it is everybody's going to get a one-time transfer waiver. You don't have to be a fifth-year senior. You don't have to be Mm -hmm. a graduate. Anyone who wants to transfer this year is going to be able to transfer without losing eligibility and immediately be able to play. And when you look at some of the stuff that's already happened uh, just in the last couple days, uh, Oklahoma's backup quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, has entered entered the transfer portal. Uh, Michigan, Christian Turner, the running back, he entered the portal. Uh, Chris Curry, the running back from LSU, entered the portal. Uh, there's a ton of guys that have entered the transfer portal. Uh, Chase Bryce, who just came in to Duke to Duke last year, is going back out again. I mean, it's like revolving door of players in the transfer portal. Right Here's now. a few more that are uh, you know have entered the portal, and some of them have actually found homes. Shiloh Sanders, Deion Sanders' son, who was a cornerback at South Carolina, announced he was transferring to Jackson State. Obviously, that is because Deion Sanders, again, Shiloh Sanders' father, was hired to be the coach for Jackson State. And Sanders. That's a loss for South Carolina. I mean, Shiloh Sanders got a lot of playing time this year. He did. And True freshman, he was a really good player. 
And former Marshall quarterback Isaiah Green announced he was transferring to Tennessee State. He entered the portal uh, during the offseason, I believe. Starting Virginia Tech quarterback Hendon Hooker entered the transfer portal the other day. Here's a big one, and I feel like this one's a hidden gem. Mackenzie Milton. No. Houston Baptist quarterback Bailey Zappi entered the transfer portal. I think we knew that was coming when we saw him play the first couple weeks. Where uh, has he announced where he's going yet? He has not, which is what is exciting. A few others. I think he'll transfer up to a much bigger school. Oh yeah, I I, I definitely think he will. <laughs> Mackenzie Milton, uh, the UCF quarterback that just was lights out a couple years ago until that really really horrific broken leg injury, uh, has announced that he's transferring from UCF to Florida State. Agreed. Uh, Jarrett Garantano entered the transfer portal a couple days ago. You know, he battled Tennessee quarterback. And that's funny because Tennessee fans were actually praising the fact that he entered the portal. But wasn't it last year when everybody was saying that Garantano was an absolute beast and, you know, he's going to lead Tennessee to their next national title? I mean, after just after the first game or first couple games this year, they thought that he was... You know, everyone was talking about how Garantano had made the move. He was ready to go. A lot of guys uh, were big on him. How about uh, Austin Pope, the tight end from Tennessee? He announced the other day that he's in the portal. Tennessee's just losing everything. Another thing about Tennessee, in case you did not hear, they will not be able to play in the Liberty Bowl due to positive COVID tests. And, you know... So that's fun. Oh, yeah. So that's... (laughs) Yeah. So... So I got so that's so I got that going for him. Uh, another nice. Tennessee uh, wide receiver, Kasim Hill, uh, Jeez. has trans is transferring to Rhode Island. Really? Actually, sorry, he's a quarterback. Um, transferring to Rhode Island. Transferring to Rhode Island. Yeah. Interesting. That's actually an interesting call. Another, a couple more. Anthony Russo, Temple quarterback, has announced he's transferring to Michigan State. Sparty. Sparty uh, getting one. How about former Miami quarterback Jaron Williams, who was announcing he was going to go to, to junior college, has announced, announced a couple days ago he's going to Tampa to join Jeff Scott and USF. That's a pretty good one right there. Um, Demarcus Bowman, Clemson running back, is uh, has announced he's transferring to Florida. Wow. Harold Joyner. Uh, a running back from Auburn is transferring to Michigan State. Uh, Let's see. John Lovett, uh, running back from Baylor, is going to Penn State. Really? Let me look at some of the big receiver moves. Keep in mind, too, if you're listening, like if, you know, these are all guys that could end up on your football team because they're immediately eligible. Mm -hmm. Uh, DJ Matthews, a wide receiver from um, uh, Florida State, is transferring to, uh, looks like, Oklahoma. Dylan Wright, the 6'4", 215 uh, wide receiver from Texas A&M, has announced he's transferring. We don't know where yet. Um, Oliver Martin is transferring from uh, Iowa to Nebraska. I mean... Dude, the transfer portal right now is literally pages and pages long. It is like free agency. It's kind of cool to see stuff like that, though. Because you've got players going everywhere. 
it's just kind of cool to see what teams are picking up who. To a, it's fun from a fan's perspective, but as a coach, right now you're like this is miserable. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cool. Right? Because you can't really plan for much of it. You don't know who's going to stay, who's going to go. I think the NCAA has really got to be careful with what they're doing with this stuff. Uh, just by this same thing during the season where they were basically allowed people to opt out in, in any time. Right. I mean, personally, I think the team should have been like, okay, if you don't feel like it's safe to play and you're a player, you can opt out ahead of the season. But if you, if you play the season, it, what we saw so many players do was if their team started doing bad, they opted out which is not what we want to see in college football. And I think there has to be some, and the NCAA has got to be careful that they don't do this again in the next year. There's got to be accountability to these players uh, in terms of, of the decisions they make, and they've got to be accountable to their football teams. So we could sit here and go through this all transfer night. portal all day long, but it's pretty insane. Um, you Would you like to go over some bowl games and have some predictions? You want to do? You want to just go through the list of bowl games and make predictions? We we should we should do that uh, to cap off the show. Okay. Let me start from the back. Oh, we're starting from the back. Uh, go ahead. You just reel them off, and then we'll go. I feel like we should start from what's going on this week to next. Okay, let's do that. All right. First game. You know. Do you want to just? Do you want to make a prediction on the current game right now, even though it's 49-21? Yes, I predict App State will I win. I predict App State wins, too. Okay, good job. All right, <laughs> great. I feel like we really got... Moving on. We made some progress. We both want to know. All right, tomorrow, two bowl games at 3.30 to kick us off. 6-5 and five, Tulane takes on 6-2 and two, Nevada in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Yes, Nevada's Albertson had a, Stadium in Boise, Idaho. Nevada's had a pretty pr- impressive year. Tulane has had a kind of an inconsistent year. They'll win the first game, they'll look great. Next game, they won't look great. Next game, they'll win. Um, I'm going to take Carson Strong and the Wolfpack on this one. Who do you have? I'm going, uh, I'm rolling with you on this. I'm taking Nevada. All right. And then following the next one's pretty at seven, to me. six and three, UCF the taking roofclaim.com on. Boca Raton Bowl is exciting to me. Six and three, UCF takes on number 16, 10 and one, BYU. This is going to be a shootout. I'm pretty sure we can tell because we know both of these quarterbacks just love slinging the rock in the air. And we know that they have racked up a lot of passing touchdowns and a lot of passing yards. So I'm predicting that BYU wins in a shootout. What's the line on that one? Do you know? Uh, This is actually very interesting. According to ESPN's Football Power Index, UCF has a 57.3% chance to win the game. I was kind of that's 
kind of what I was leaning to. Like, I, no one really... It doesn't sound like UCF should win the game. I'm going to go... The spread is six and a half points. I wasn't super impressed with BYU against Coastal. I'm going to take Central Florida. Wow. I'm going UCF Going with the upset. Okay. Yeah. Moving on to Wednesday. At 3 o'clock Wednesday on ESPN, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. 5-4 Louisiana Tech taking on 7-5 Georgia Southern. One of the highlights for Georgia Southern this year was when they almost lost to Campbell. And when they had that one-point win against Campbell, that was a highlight. Georgia Southern, well, that's one of the most memorable things from their past year because Georgia Southern fans were thinking, we are going to be terrible this year. We barely beat an FCS team. But they had a pretty solid year, 7-5. and five. Louisiana Tech, 5-4. and four. You know, Georgia Southern loves to run that triple option, and that's very hard to stop. So I'm going to take the Eagles on this one. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to go with you on that. I think it's uh, getting ready for that offense, for that triple option offense, is really, really difficult. And uh, I don't think I can go against Georgia Southern on this one. All right. Montgomery Bowl, 7 o'clock Wednesday on ESPN. Memphis takes on FAU. I'm going to go with the Tigers. Are you? Yeah. Tigers are given eight points. How about Willie Taggart? He's doing some good things at FAU. He's not doing bad for a first year. I'm going to take Florida Atlantic on this one. Wow. Really? I'm going with Willie Taggart. Thursday, December 24th, Christmas Eve football. I'm 3.30 on ESPN. The New Mexico Bowl. 4-4 Hawaii takes on 3-4 Houston. Give me the Rainbow Warriors. Yes, I am doing the uh, warrior dance ahead of time, and I'm taking Hawaii as well. Friday, December 25th, we've got some Christmas Day football action. Marshall and Buffalo getting after this it. This one's actually a, could be a great matchup. Marshall and Buffalo looked very impressive this season. Marshall's quarterback, Grant Wells, has been putting on a show. And then Buffalo running back, Jarrett Patterson, is just on a whole other level. He's actually in the Heisman race as we speak. Uh, obviously, he's, pro- he's not favored to win it because he plays for Buffalo. But he is... A freak of an athlete. He had eight touchdowns in one game this year. I mean, that that just shows you how amazing he is. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going Buffalo on this one. I'm going to take Buffalo, too. Honestly, I will. I mean, it's a close game. The spread's only three points. But I'm, I'm going Buffalo. Saturday, December 26th. The game that got canceled. The game that never was, but the now game it is. that never happened. Liberty Coastal Carolina. Liberty against number twelve Coastal Carolina and the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Coastal Carolina's laying six and a half. Um, I'm not betting against the Shunts. I'm I'm going with Coastal. I'm going to say Coastal wins too, but Liberty puts up a good fight and they keep it close. So when Coastal played BYU it was Mullets versus Mormons. What is Coastal against Liberty? Birds versus fire. <laughs> well, Coastal's always a mullets, but... Liber- mullets versus monks? Because <laughs> Liberty's a Christian school? <laughs> the mullets against the monks. Oh, man. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and another 12... Here we go. Another 12 p.m. tilt your on beloved, the 26th. Your beloved South Carolina Gamecocks. The South Carolina Gamecocks. 
How far have they fallen? They are getting six points. UAB is favored by six over the Gamecocks in the Gasparilla Bowl. I don't even know what to say right now about this game. I would just like to say if there are any South Carolina fans listening to this podcast right now, I am sorry. I'm taking UAB. If you're a South Carolina fan, I think you should just, in your little index card or you know your little journal somewhere, just write down Gasparilla Bowl, December the 26th, 2020, South Carolina U versus UAB, and underneath right, we have hit rock bottom. This is the place that you can point back to someday when South Carolina has returned to prominence in the SEC East of how far a team can fall when uh, they are not managed appropriately. All right. I am going to say that South Carolina will find a way to win this football game. What? (laughs) Are you serious? They've had a bunch of time to get healthy. They're not going to have the same amount of guys out that they had the last couple weeks. Uh, I think um, Bobo will figure something out. They're not playing against the same level of athlete that they've played against in the SEC. I think it'll be close, but I think South Carolina will figure out a way to win. I say take the Well, that would definitely be good for our local area if South Carolina won because uh, I'm pretty sure that if UAB ended up winning our – Lots of the citizens in our area of residence would be very depressed. Yeah, well, I definitely am going to call the South Carolina Highway Patrol and make sure that all the bridges are guarded (laughs) the evening of the 26th, just in case South Carolina loses. Okay, next, 3.30 on ABC on Saturday, the First Responder Bowl, number 19, 9-1 Louisiana takes on 7-4 UTSA. I'm going to take the Raging Cajuns in this one, but the Roadrunners will be able to put up points. We've obviously seen that they're able to get a lot of points so far this year. Uh, I'm going to take Louisiana in a shootout. Louisiana wins by four. Uh, I'm taking Louisiana as well. They're laying 13.5. I say they win by at least seven. Western Kentucky against Georgia State in the Lending Tree Bowl. I'm going to take the Panthers. Are you? Yes. Well, they're favored by four and a half. Um I got to go Georgia State as well. Uh, I know some of the boys over there on that ball staff. I think they'll get it done. Um, before we continue, I would just like to say how dumb it is that Army is currently not playing in a bowl game. You're nine and two, and with all of the teams that are getting a bowl shot, with got with with a team that's literally going to be putting their lives on the line for every other college football player in the country for every college football fan in the country, and for how much of a successful season you've had, if I'm if I'm making the bowl games, I am saying to myself and the rest of the bowl game committee, we're finding a way for this team to play in a bowl game. Simple as that. I mean, when you look at the teams that we've just been talking about, South Carolina, UTSA, I mean, there's a, there's just I could there's a list of teams that don't need to even be in a bowl game. Um, and, and Army should be there. And the whole reason that Army's not in a bowl game is it all comes down to politics, right? Is the, basically that you've got all these combinations of preseason guarantees and mutual agreements between schools and bowl games that tie bowl games into all these different conferences that they're putting 
crappy conference teams into bowl games instead of going out and getting a good independent football team like Army. Army's flipping nine and two. And like you said, these are guys who, you know, a few years from now are going to be downrange, like putting their lives on the line. Like this is their opportunity to go and be celebrated for the season they had. Uh, they're a really good football team, and the fact that they're not in a bowl game is disgusting to me. This is not only about Army, the football team. This is about the 1.3 million guys that are currently serving for their pride of having a bowl game. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, well, just want to say, whoever's making the bowl game, get it together. Put Army in a bowl game. I've heard that they might be able to put Army in the spot for Tennessee since they won't be playing. I'd love to see them in the Liberty Bowl. But who knows? All right, moving on to Tuesday, December 29th. Two teams that have had that had a good start fell off at the end of the year. Number 21, Oklahoma State, takes on number 18, Miami, in the Cheez-It Bowl. This is, a how about those Canes, this is an appropriate bowl for them to how be about, How about those Canes fans? And they're about four or isn't, five weeks isn't ago. Isn't the U back? About four or five weeks ago, they're saying, Woo! The U is back, baby. Let's go. We're going back to the national title. Cheese it bowl bound. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I think that's the right bowl game for both these two. They're pretty cheesy football teams. Um, Chuba Hubbard was another one of these yahoos who, when his team started going in a direction he didn't like, opted out. Um, and because of that, I'm going to take Miami to win. Yeah, I want Miami to win just because I don't like Chuba Hubbard. So, Chuba, I know you're not listening to this, but if for some reason it gets to you, you're weak. Just like all your other opt-out buddies. All right. Uh, Texas, Colorado. How about Colorado? They've had a pretty solid season. They've only played five games, but they won 4-1. That's pretty good, considering, you know, they were, what, 5-7 and seven the past two or three years? They I- did have a very good year. Um the uh, the Valero, I always want to go well. The Valero Alamo Bowl, uh, nine p.m. on the Espen. So are you gonna take the horns? Or are you gonna take I mean, the buffs? The horns are given twelve points. Do you think they're twelve points better than Colorado? No, I don't. I mean, I think Texas could win this game. I don't think they cover. So if you're giving me the points, I'm taking Colorado. If it's a pick 'em, who's gonna win? I think Colorado's a lot happier to be here than Texas is. I think Texas is disappointed with where they are. I'm going to call on Colorado for the upset. Dang. Okay. The Transperfect Music City Bowl. Iowa and Missouri. The Tigers versus the Hawkeyes. This is a great, really good battle. Like, Iowa and Missouri are really close to I each other. I just wanted to say, it says here, you know, Iowa's number 15, 6-2, Missouri's 5-5. Five five. They're a lot, Missouri's a lot better than their record shows. Missouri's been up and down. It's their first year with Eli Drinkwitz, but they've got one of the most potent offenses in the country. I don't know if, if Iowa can slow them down. I mean, Iowa's a really good football team. They're good on defense, but, but they're Iowa's, not that good on Iowa's offense. Iowa's given 14 and a half. Well, here's the thing. That's kind of freaky. If you look at what, if you look at the teams that Missouri's lost to, listen to this: Bama, Florida, Georgia, two, three top ten teams right there. Three losses. Those are not. None of those are bad losses. 
if there were any bad losses, Missouri, uh, losing to Tennessee, that was a bad loss, but it was that was at the beginning of the season. The only loss that I did not understand was their 51-32 loss to Mississippi State. Yeah, that was a weird, weird deal the last But every team has a bad game. All right. So who are you taking? I'm going to take the Tigers in this one. Okay. Wake Forest taking on Wisconsin in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, formerly known as the Belk Bowl, now the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl. Ugh. Like, honestly, I've my entire... I've just been waiting for the Belk Bowl to go away, and it gets replaced with a worse name, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I, I miss the days when bowls were like the Gator Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl. The CarQuest Bowl. And they didn't have all these stupid sponsors. The, uh, the Southeast Corner's Best Dog Pooper Picker Upper Bowl. <laughs> Al's Fecal Matter Cleanup Bowl. Oh, my God. I mean, dude, like, it's freaking ridiculous. Duke's Mayo Bowl. If we get taken off the air because of what you just said, you're never, I'm never going to let you hear the end of it. Hope you know that. They don't take us off the air. I didn't even cuss. I used the physiologically appropriate term, fecal matter. Okay, can we get off this topic? Okay, Wake Forest, Wisconsin. You taking the Deeks or you taking the Badgers? Who you got? I'm taking, I'm, I'm actually going to be taking the Demon Deacons. I'm going Wisconsin on this one. Wisconsin's offense has been so inconsistent. I, I know. don't know who to trust. I don't know what Wisconsin I'm team gonna, will show up. I'm going to so trust Wisconsin's ability to get a running game going and the fact that Wake Forest hasn't really seen a team that can run the football the same way Wisconsin has. All right. Florida, Oklahoma, the Goodyear Cotton this Bowl. This is an interesting ball game right This here. is going to be an absolute shootout. Yes. Agreed. Uh, I think that um, Oklahoma doesn't see much defense uh, in the Big 12. Uh, I know that they can score points. They have not been as uh, explosive as a whole this year offensively. Um, I'm not, I can't really explain Florida's stumble against LSU. just can't. But every other football game, they've been out there. They've been able to score points. They scored a ton of points against Alabama. Even in their loss against LSU, they were still able to put up points. I'm going to take Florida in this one. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Number 24, Tulsa, takes on Mississippi State. I'm going with the Golden Hurricane in this one. I am too. I I, I would not put any money on Mississippi State. They are schizophrenic in their ability to play football this year. All right. So we're going with the Golden Hurricane. Sounds good. All right. This is a good one. Good group of five matchup. The Mac, the MAC champions, the Ball State Cardinals, taking on the Mountain West champions, the number 22 San Jose State Spartans. And who is the San Jose State quarterback this year? Nick Starkle, who, who transferred from Mississippi Arkansas. State. Oh, excuse me. Arkansas. I always want to say he's Mississippi State, but an SEC Why? transfer. Cause it's because his last name is Starkle, and it yeah, reminds you of Stark, Starkville. Yeah, I think of Stark Patch. Uh, he's having a huge year at San Jose State. I'm with you. I'm taking San Jose State in that game. I do think Ball State will make it competitive, though. The 4 p.m. that game, uh, 4 p.m. game that that same day is West Virginia, Tennessee. In the West... no, we we can't do that one because Tennessee just opted out of it. Oh, that's right, they're not playing that game. Moving on, Arkansas against TCU. You know, I haven't really heard much about TCU. They haven't really been doing much. Arkansas has had a better year than it looks. I'm gonna take the Razorbacks. Yeah, I don't know much about TCU any either way, so I'm going SEC and taking Arkansas. All right, here's the big ones. <clears throat> the January big 1st, 
Georgia Cincinnati is the new noon on the Peach Bowl. Okay. It's shut up or cut up time right here. Savage. Your beloved dogs. They're a seven-point favorite over an undefeated Cincinnati team. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to shock the world with this one. I'm taking the Bearcats. Are you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think Cincinnati's going to win. That's huge. Georgia is losing linebacker Monty Rice, cornerback DJ Daniel. They're not going to have Richard LeCount at safety because of his injury because he got hit by two cars. Monty Rice and DJ Daniel opted out. They're seniors. We're going to have some inexperienced defense. Cincinnati is... They're going to come in full force. Cincinnati is in a top... Cincinnati is top 20 in scoring defense and scoring offense. I don't see our defense being able to get it done. I'm honestly going to go with the Bearcats to win. I'm going to take Cincinnati in this one, too. I think it's going to be a shootout. But I think Cincinnati, this is their chance to prove something. If they can go in and beat Georgia and look good doing it, they've got a big case to be able to say, we sh- we got left out and we shouldn't have. This is their chance to prove something. Auburn against Northwestern in the Verbo Citrus Bowl. Northwestern's angry. Their defense is insane. Auburn does not even know what they're doing. Wildcats by 20. <laughs> by 20? No, not 20. I'm going to take the Wildcats, though. They're going to win. Okay. Well, I, I mean, honestly, this is such a hard game to predict because Auburn is so unpredictable because Bo Nix is so unpredictable. I mean, if Bo Nix goes out and has a huge game, I think Auburn uh, beats Northwestern. But if he goes out and... You know, lays an egg like he does so much on the road. Uh, that's when you look at Bo Nix at home versus his road record, it's like night and day. Uh, and since this is not being played at Auburn, uh, I'm going to go Northwestern on this one as well. All right. The 4 p.m. game is Notre Dame, Alabama. Alabama, 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 Alabama. Moving on. Mac yep. Jones is going to have a field day. Devontae Smith's going to have a field day. Najee Harris is going to have a field day. Moving on. Ohio State, Clemson. Yeah, I don't even get to say anything. Nope. Clemson, 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 Clemson. Ohio State's going to get absolutely just destroyed. Uh, yeah, that's right. Ohio State fans listening, cry. I do not care if you are angry. I don't. Y'all did not like the fact that I don't think Ohio State deserved to be in. So if Ohio State gets absolutely destroyed, cry. I could care less about what you feel because those that were calling me words like retarded, stupid. Yeah, I hope y'all absolutely get just smashed by Clemson. And I will not have any bit of sympathy. I will enjoy every second of it. Go Tigers. Wow. I don't even think I have anything to say. I mean, I I voiced my opinion earlier. I don't even think Ohio State should be in this football game. Uh, I'm right there with you. North Carolina State against Kentucky. So that's interesting. So these games are all being played now. The ones the before that were about to, are being played on the second, the day after. The, I think uh, Kentucky NC State is actually kind of a sleeper game. I think Kentucky can possibly do good. You know what? Kentucky's better than their record shows too. Teams they've lost to, they've lost Alabama, Georgia. 
Florida. Pretty sure they've also lost to A&M. Okay. Maybe they didn't. If they didn't lose to A&M, I'm pretty sure they lost to another good team. But that's going to be a. I mean, that's a tightrope game. It's, it's the line's only two and a half. That's Terry a, Wilson is a good quarterback, senior, a, dual that's, threat. That's a pick'em game. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with NC State in a close one. Yeah. I think that's probably a good pick, just from the play of the quarterback. <clears throat> I mean, if NC State can figure out how to score points, I just don't know that Kentucky can score points uh, to keep up. If but the 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 twelve thirty game is the one that's really interesting to me, and that's Indiana and Ole Miss. Ole Miss Indiana in the Outback Bowl. Ole Miss's defense is not very good, so I'm gonna go with and Indiana the story the Indiana story L O E. Like I that's, like it. That is a I love that story. I'm picking the Hoosiers. I mean that head football coach has got a team that that is freaking all in, um, and I. I even though Ole Miss can score points, I think Indiana figures out a way to how to win that football game. Oregon and Iowa State in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Oregon should not even be playing this game. Honestly, I did not like the fact that they just decided to take Washington out and put Oregon in instead. I thought they should have just gone ahead and did what they did to Coastal Carolina and given USC the Pac-12 title game. But... Apparently, Oregon somehow gets into a New Year's Six Bowl with a 4-2 record. Iowa State is angry for how they barely lost the Big 12 title. Iowa State beats the Ducks. Yeah, don't even start with me on the Pac-12 and the, just the ridiculousness of the entire conference. Texas, Iowa State. Texas A&M against North Carolina in the Orange Bowl. This is our final pick because the rest of the games, the rest of the bowls, have not been announced uh, I don't think North Carolina's played against a defense like Texas A&M the whole year. And, I'm going to take and the Aggies. I don't Aggies. think they're consistent as people expect them to be. I'm taking Texas A&M. I'm going to look at the fact I think Kellen Mond and Texas A&M are going to look at this game and think and basically tell themselves, here, exactly well, like Cincinnati, here is an opportunity to show the College Football Playoff Committee that we should have been in. We're going to put up as many points as we can, and we're going to play our best football of the season Aggies by at least 14. Yeah, and I don't know if you heard uh, Mike Elko, the uh, defensive coordinator for Texas A&M, just a few minutes after they didn't get picked for the college football playoff. And then, I guess, I didn't watch this on ESPN, but from what I understand, the ESPN commentators went on and agreed with that decision. He tweeted out, I don't think I'll ever listen to another ESPN talking head again in my life. Quick, understandable. So I'm going with A&M, too. I think they got something to prove. So those are all our bull picks for the next two weeks. It will be interesting to see how things pan out. We will be back to you to review those games and talk about what's happened thus far in the bull season. Uh, I will remind you that right now, Savage and I are both 1-0 with App State leading 56-28 in our bull predictions. Yes, the, the predict- Mountaineers lead the Mean Green 56 to 28 with 150 remaining. I predict- so we have officially we're officially one to know. Good start in the bowl I, season, I predict coach. Future success for us in bowl season predictions. So thanks for listening, and as always, Saturdays are for, for the, the boys. boys. Thanks for listening, everyone. See ya. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch-ch-ch-chumba. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.